What are we talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I have, oh my God, guys, we need to talk. I know what we need to talk about. Oh my God, we need to talk about something. Are you recording? Oh yeah, I'm recording. Race, religion, politics. Go for it. I think that's something that's always been a problem when homosexuality is represented, it's often white people that they use. If you stay within that bubble and you're just around people who have the same views as you, you're not going to grow or learn anything and these divides in society are just going to come even deeper and even more entrenched. Whenever we start a podcast, we go, hi! Because it's easy to put a hashtag or share a post, but the difficult part comes when you need to have tough conversations, one-to-one, face-to-face. So I think it's really cool that like they're really challenging the stereotypes around what it means to be different kinds of minorities. Hi everybody, I'm Sarah and I'm in Athens, Greece. Hi, my name's Lola and I'm Grace and you are listening to No Shade. Hello. Hey, what's up? Hey. Welcome home, Sarah. I'm glad you were able to get back a bit early. Thank you, guys. No problem. I'd quit my job for you. <laughs> I'd, I'd risk getting fired for you. Just know that I left a meeting with the CEO to be here, but it's okay. Oh, please don't. Someone has to support us. One of us has to be employed. That's true. Yeah. You do realize in five days, no, in three days time, Sarah, you're the only one with the job. (laughs) Oh my God. How the tables have turned. (laughs) Lords. (laughs) So you're doing it for the three of us now, baby. I'm going against stereotypes, right? Yo. Okay. Wow. Cool. Cool. (gasps) She's bringing it already. She's bringing it already. How are you guys? We're good. Long time no speak. Mm, been a while. It has. What have you been up to? I know you, you've... We've been in London, yeah. Yeah, Sarah, so you know that Lola and I went to London for WOW, Women of the World Festival. So actually, Lola, do you want to explain maybe for the benefit of our audiences a bit about WOW? So it happens at South Bank every year and it's over like four days and there's lots of speakers, there's a talks, loads of workshops, performances, and it's all about feminism, uplifting women, and discussing social issues and political issues, and just overall dope, badass womanhoodness in all its many forms. Wow. Wow. <laughs> exactly. No pun intended. It was so good. There were so many cool people. Tell me, tell me more. I'm actually genuinely, for our listeners, we haven't actually spoken about it. So I'm genuinely interested and I want to know what you guys learned. And I'm, ve- I'm very like sad and gutted that I couldn't join you guys. So You should be. <laughs> uh, so just like, yeah, tell me what did you see? What did I miss out on? I guess we could like tell you like our favorite bits like the stuff that kind of spoke to us the most like what was yours grace i know what mine is i'm like ready with that yeah tell me oh i don't i I don't actually have a favorite part i'm sorry um i don't have a favorite overarching part like i was going back through the program for the last couple of days and i mean yeah lola as you said there was so much in those four days because the first day was women in creative industries, which was really interesting. Yes. And obviously focused on like women who are in creative industries, but the, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday were open to like anyone from any industry, 
male, female. And actually, that was what was nice about it. I think I'd say my, my favorite thing wasn't some like one particular talk or one particular person, but it was the sense that wow is for everybody. Um, like no matter your age, gender, race, sexuality. And actually, like, I think the age thing was great because I know everyone always gets excited when men come to feminist things. Wow, it's not per se like branded as a feminist festival. It's women of the world, but obviously like it is very feminist. People always get excited when men come. But I think what was nice was seeing older people as well because like these days anyway like feminism has become um i mean in general i suppose if you look at all the different waves of feminism that we've experienced in the last century they are often led by younger generations and my mum came on the sunday and i thought that was really cool because oh that's nice i didn't know your mum came it was nice to see kate for a little bit that was nice oh kate we love you kate how about it kate <laughs> Yeah, she actually listens to No Shade, so yeah, we love you. Love you, Mom. That's our first shout-out ever. It is! To my mom! <laughs> she's freaking out. You know, right now she's listening and she's probably responding to you. She's probably loving this, like, No Shade mention. Yes! Um, yeah, sorry, go on. So yeah, like, but I really like that she came, um, because... You know, me and my sister, when we go home, we talk about feminism all the time. And obviously there are points when, well, a lot of the time, me and my parents disagree. Uh, not all the time, but obviously it happens. And it's cool to, like, have her come there and, you know, get to experience a lot of the stuff that we talk about. And obviously, like, she's a 66-year-old woman. Like, she knows feminism in a way that I don't know feminism. And she has her own experiences. And, like, they did a lot of talks that were directed towards women of an older generation as well so it wasn't like just about things like women in the workplace that kind of thing which may not be relevant necessarily to women who are older or retired so um that was really cool and i just found in general the sense of it was was so open and it was constantly reiterated throughout the entire festival that you know talk to people and talk to people that don't look like you and the panels were so inclusive, so diverse, and in a very natural way. I didn't, you didn't get the sense that there was tokenism there, and it was like, oh, we need to have X, Y, and Z on the panel to make it to make it balanced or make it appealing. Like the whole thing just felt very natural. Did you feel like you were at home? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I spent four days there, so by the end of it, I was kind of like, well, when am I moving in? But I would say that it felt like you were surrounded by a lot of people who you could have conversations with and they'd get you. Yeah, for sure. You know, people that you could have conversations with and they'd be able to advise you in a way that you need because they've been through something similar to you and they know where you're coming from. And that's what was really nice about it. And that was relevant for the whole experience, I would say. And people were extremely open, extremely friendly. And it was a real like atmosphere of learning. I really would recommend it. And like for our listeners, it's this is the one in London, but it's actually worldwide. WOW takes place in loads of cities around the world. So 
look it up, Women of the World Festival, and find out where the one is nearest to you and get there now. What do you mean, which one is closest to you? What do you mean, does it happen in other places as well? In other countries. They have it in like different countries. It's international. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. It would be really interesting to see like how it varies from place to place because obviously all kind of social movements and ideas are cultural in their essence. So it'd be really interesting to see how like what wilds like in America, what wilds like in it's in Pakistan as well, isn't it? And what wilds like in all the various countries it's in. It'd be super interesting to see how it changes and how it varies. Oh yeah. So if any of you guys go any of our listeners, like, let us know. If you go to any of the ones that aren't in London, it'd be very cool to hear about the experiences there. I want to know. Yeah, definitely get in touch with us, listeners. Let us know if you've been. No, for real. Definitely. It would be interesting to see, yeah, as you said, Lala, like, different experiences of feminism, how it would, like, manifest itself in, in the different countries. The people that would go, the conversations they would be having, because, as you said, uh, feminism is, is not the same for everyone. It has like a different definitions for everyone, so that that'd be amazing. Um, what about you, Lola? Your favorite part? I think my favorite thing kind of goes into what Grace was saying about the kind of inclusiveness of it all and how like diverse it was in pretty much every sense was amazing because initially like I had my reservations about it when you guys suggested going to it and then like I read who was going to go and what the talks were going to be and stuff and I was like okay I'm down quite often when something is well it's not branded as a feminist like you said guys it's not branded as a feminist event or festival but it is you know it's a celebration of women empowering women and so obviously it's going to be feminist in a certain sense and usually, like, I'm kind of wary about it because it's usually quite white. Mm. And it's very white, it's very cis, it's very straight. But we went and it was so inclusive. It was very much about, um, I forget the words. Having conversations and... No, no, no. Like, as in when feminism is, like, very inclusive and it's about everyone. Intersectional? That is the word. Intersectional. Thank you, Sarah. Got my back. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, they had women from all walks of life who identify in various ways and the aim and the purpose was still the same. It's about kind of empowering, uplifting, and most importantly, learning... And that was great. And like, even the founder, Jude Kelly, like, she would bring up the kind of racism that is within quote unquote mainstream feminism and how it is sometimes very exclusive and doesn't acknowledge how your race or your gender identity or whatever identity factors can affect them in your life and how you live your life. And I love that they did bring that up and they discussed it and they were super frank about it. Like, I think. For some people, it might have been uncomfortable, but I love the fact that, like, they didn't try and soften it or try and make it palatable for people. They were, like, very frank, and that I really appreciated. So my favorite thing was, I mentioned it to you guys, well, I mentioned it to Grace, but I went to a workshop called um, Code Switching, Survival Strategies for Black Women at Work. Okay. Initially, when I saw it, it wasn't one of the first ones that I really wanted to go to. I kind of decided on the day that, yeah, I'm going to like attend it and see what it's about. Because I was just like, I work or worked. And I was a black woman, like the only black person in my office. I worked in Russia. I worked in Amsterdam. Like, I don't really need survival strategies on how to be black. Like, I do it every single day. 
Um, I went and honestly, like it was probably one of the most incredible moments of my adult life because we were in this no no for real like like it sounds like so melodramatic but it honestly was like in this room (laughs) it's been so extra (laughs) it does sound so extra and i honestly god wish you were there because you know what i'm like i'm not like a emotional person per se like i'm not like oh my god this is so life-changing yeah and i got in there and i was low-key a little bit emotional because it was it was like people cried in it like it was like uplifting whoa oh my god what did they do what did they do to you like for real it was super uplifting like there was like laughter there was jokes there was some real talk and it was just like a lot of women of color discussing just surviving in the world and just bullshit that you encounter that quite often you ignore or you just get used to and just being really frank about that and when you get a lot of women who are going through similar things, even if they don't realize that it's something they're going through and you're talking about it, it just gets very real. And it was an amazing moment, like talking about strategies, um, how to kind of survive that, how to remain strong within that and how to look after yourself. And I think particularly within a lot of like black communities, whether you're, you know, you've grown up in Europe, you've gone up in Africa, Caribbean, or whatever it is, things like therapy aren't really discussed as much and like looking after your mental health aren't really discussed as much. Yeah, there's a stigma when it comes to stuff like that. Exactly, exactly. And this is very much about being like, okay, yes, like black women are strong as fuck. Like honestly, like I don't know any other group of people who could handle the shit that like black women go through and other marginalized groups as well go through and still manage to be amazing, be incredible, survive, create and build. However, you still have to look after yourself and it's okay to kind of not be okay. Mm. And it was just such like an amazing moment. Like I really wish like both of you were there because I think you both would have appreciated it because it was an important talk. And yeah, that was my favorite thing. Wow, sounds um, life-changing. I mean... Life changing, I don't know. But I mean, like, yeah, it was a very important talk that I needed. But that's what you just said. I mean, it's life changing if I'm good with it and I use what they said. So, like, at this point, it's up to me to make it a life changing thing. It gave me the tools and now I have to use them. Um, you touched on about it before, Grace, a little bit. About there being men there. And I'm actually curious, like, what was the ratio, like, men versus women and like I'm curious to know like about the men attending and how that felt and there weren't loads there weren't loads okay there was to give you a ratio would probably make it it's probably quite a depressing figure actually because there weren't loads of men I mean Lola I don't know I'm not great honestly at like guessing ratios but I'd say to every hundred women maybe there were ten men that might be generous I don't know Lala Mm, I think it might be I don't think it was quite ten percent but yeah it was pretty low I think in like every talk that I was in there was at least one or two men Mm. and that being said though I don't think I saw any men who had come by themselves yeah they'd all come with somebody which is fine yeah definitely how does that make you feel like were you happy that they weren't men or do you wish that men would have also been part of the conversations because with stuff like this with people going there the women we are already woke we already know, know this stuff so 
yes, it's nice to, to discuss our our issues and like change ideas and our experiences with other women. But sometimes the way to make things change is to also get men involved in this type of conversations. So was it the type of place where it was just a women thing, so women sharing their com- experiences bonding? Or would you have pre- preferred also having men so that they can take the conversations forward? Because without them, nothing we do, nothing we say is, is going to happen. We need them on our side, you know? It's not us or them. So I, I'm wondering what your thoughts are that. Uh, and then, Grace, you kind of said it earlier that it was something that was very like accessible to everyone. I don't think it would have been something that would have been uncomfortable for any man in attendance there if you were someone who was open-minded. Like, it wasn't a man-bashing situation. It's very much just kind of like real discussions about kind of policies, about social issues, about changing the mentality of people, at, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's on TV, whether it's in various industries. So I think it was very accessible for men to be there. And I think the guys that were there were engaging. I think in terms of speakers, I think there were two male speakers. They weren't together, but there were two of them. And, you know, they were very respectful of the fact that, well, I saw one of them and he was, of the fact that, like, it is important for women to have the floor in this context. However, it is also important that, like, you know, men are engaged with it and men are also talking because they are inherently part of any gender equality movement. Like, we need both men and women. So I think, like, I think as years go on, more and more men will go and as the word spreads because it wouldn't have been uncomfortable, I don't think, for any man to be there at all. Yeah, I tried to get my dad to come actually, but he, he didn't. But you know, they have, um, being a man. So like the kind of, <laughs> if you want to call it brother festival of wow is being a man, bam. So that's where. What is, what, it's, it's actually like a separate festival that they do. Yeah, they do bam. I didn't know that. Oh, wow and bam. I love that. Bam, wham. Sorry. <laughs> the idea isn't that like men are supposed to go to bam and women are supposed to go to wow. It's not like that. Like, I think that the, in an ideal world, people would go to both because like BAM, I feel so stupid saying it. BAM is like, BAM. <laughs> okay, you're not helping. <laughs> Being a man is obviously focuses on like elements of uh, masculinity, um, that kind of thing. Uh, like, you know, well, I mean, I'm not going to go through. We all know what the difficulties of masculinity are, like focusing on like elements of masculinity that are difficult for men. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they are both supposed to be inclusive for both. And I'm sure it's interesting for women to go to being a man as well. Um, because I'd say the most part, feminists are, um, pretty good at being aware of the fact that, like, patriarchal structures that we have in place are detrimental to men as well. So it's, of course, I think it's interesting to learn and understand more about that. Um, maybe you guys didn't understand my question because I was feel like. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I wasn't asking whether it was inclusive. I was asking whether you would have preferred it to, there to be more men. Oh. Because for me, that's like a, a downside for the festival. Yes, it's nice to have these conversations with other women, share our experiences and stuff. But we already know this shit. Like, we go through it every single day. It's the men that need to understand it. It's just, it's not for us. We know, we know it. Yeah, of course. Like I said, like, I, me and my sister tried really hard to get my dad to come as well. And of course, I prefer it when men are feminists and I prefer it when men are aware of women's issues. Um, I prefer when I don't have to always explain things to them or 
argue with them, etc., etc. So, of course, if there are more men there, it would be an educational process and it would get more men into the ranks of feminism. Actually, the, the two male speakers Lana mentioned, so one of them was Dr. Adam Rutherford. So he's a geneticist and broadcaster, and he was part of the, the inferior how science got women wrong. And the, the other speaker was actually Dr. Angela Saini, and I just gave Sarah her book. So listeners, you should all get it. It's called Inferior. Um, it's all about like science from, science from a gender perspective. And if you want to get the scientific evidence to back up what you're saying and break down these bullshit patriarchal arguments about women being weaker, et cetera, et cetera, and beyond, then definitely get her book and read it. Um, anyway, the second male speaker was Jordan Stevens. And I actually learned this afterwards. I learned this as of last night. Lola, I don't know if you are aware, but he's like the second, uh, what do you call it? One half of Rizzle Kicks? Yeah. Ah! You didn't know that? I would have said to you, yeah. I did not know that. No, I was Googling him, like, because I, I was Googling him because I chatted to him afterwards, actually. And... I was. <gasps> you did? Yes. Uh, he's very. He's very cool. I wanted to talk to him. He's so easy going. So for for those for listeners who don't know Rizzo Kicks, it's like a, a band in the in the UK. It's a R and B hip hop band, uh, duo from the UK. Right. But yeah, I chatted to him afterwards because he basically he also. I mean, they had him on the stage as not just as one half of Rizzo Kicks, but because he. <laughs> Introducing Rizzo. <laughs> no kit. <laughs> sound kicks. Rizzo sound kicks. <laughs> um, okay. He also wrote this article for The Guardian about toxic male masculinity, toxic masculine culture. I think I posted it on Facebook a while ago. I can repost it again. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's make a note that we're going to repost that. Because he was sort of saying like that he's often actually I don't want to misquote him so I'm not going to say what he said because I, I really might misquote him but just paraphrase but just the idea that it's and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase using my own words as well using my own experiences of having male f feminist friends but that like the idea that when you are the only male feminist in your group of male friends it's very difficult for you because like obviously there is this lad culture and lad culture isn't just like skinheads abroad in like Magaluf it is just like men when they get together be it boys boys will be boys right be it like be that your male friends at uni be that like politicians in the house of Congress. when men get together they are gross <laughs> okay wow <laughs> not all of them <laughs> hashtag not all men <laughs> but you know what I mean and I I understand like how again I'm not gonna I'm not quoting Jordan Stevens I really don't want to take his words out of context and I have like a sieve memory for things that people say exactly but that is the impression I got that what he was saying was you know if you have these male friends you're either like coming up against these opinions that you don't agree with all the time and you're always having to represent this new progressive opinion or, you know, you have to reevaluate your circle of friends. Um, I'm going to have to edit this so much because I kind of made it sound like all of his friends are sexist. And it's funny because you said uh, it's uh, difficult being uh, the only feminist in my group. So you're pretty much talking about kicks. So <laughs> kicks is sexist and Rizzo isn't. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Kix is a raging sexist. <laughs> you know what? I asked him if he'd like to come on the shade, and he said yes. If he listens to this, he is going to retract that. No, he did not. See? Yeah, he did. Can we actually get him to come? Because I'm low key trying to slide in the DMs. Lola! <laughs> so, anyway, after that word vomit. Um, first of all, I think I should probably hang up my microphone and let you guys do no shade from now on because clearly I should not be allowed to be on the airwaves and I also shouldn't be allowed to meet people. (laughs) So I think kind of a long answer to your question, Sarah, is that definitely men should be there because there's, there are male feminists, but they are, I, I imagine like even for men, it's, it'd be great for them to have like more male feminists that they can interact with and I have no nothing against like unless there are workshops that are intimate and women really want to share stuff that they might not feel comfortable doing in front of a man but I think you could always judge the tone you know and I like to think that men would know when it's their place to not enter into that space the same goes for women yes yeah exactly at at, at bam um but I, I personally have nothing against men men being in that kind of, you know, atmos- like atmosphere, arena. <laughs> I have no problem with men breathing in oxygen. <laughs> being in my atmosphere. But you know, guys, that on um, the Thursday, like Thursday was like the day for like um, kids, students and like school kids. There was a special workshop for young boys to talk about like feminism stuff. And there's, yeah, there's stuff for young girls as well, which I think was really great. Like there was ki- people with their kids and stuff. Because yeah, it's potent. You can't change like what you don't know. You know, like sometimes these men and boys don't know any better. So sometimes they're just living their own little bubble and they're just waiting for someone like to educate them and teach them and tell them what's up. And then they'll be more than happy to kind of like, get woke so it's important to like have men in the conversations and educate them it's not our job to tell them it's not it's not our responsibility or we shouldn't have to like tell them things that we consider common sense um but some men are just like that they live in their own microcosm and they just don't think about stuff like this because they don't affect them and the same goes for us about shit that men go through that we don't think about as much anyway I'm, I'm changing this t- topic it doesn't matter but yeah it's important to have men part of this conversation and it's 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 important like to be open and not judge men just because they're, they're not as feminist as woke as enlightened and as empowered as we'd like them to be and sometimes it's our own fault because we don't try and in- involve them in the conversations as much as we could yeah, I'm I'm super down for men to join the revolution. They can come too. When it comes to kind of gender equality and feminism, there's certain issues that are men specific and I think they deserve a bit more of a conversation. So I think you guys are right. So yeah, it sounds like you guys had a uh, lot of fun and you learned something and that's really important when you go to like places like this where they're expensive, you have to take days off. So it's good to like leave the place, the festival knowing that you've taken something with you that's gonna stay with you and you've uh, learned something new, you've met new people, you've made new contacts. Is there someone that stands out for you? 
dozens of people stood out, actually. But I made note of a couple of people that I thought were... More because they, they kind of put into perspective for me, not so much about feminism, but like taking things forward and activism. So one was, and I've chatted to you guys about her a lot, but Yasmin Abdel-Majid. So she was awesome. Yeah, she was amazing. And it's really funny because I nearly didn't go, didn't go to her talk. Hers was the International Activism Talk. And I was really torn between the one, that one and the one that Lolly you went to, Diversify. She actually was at the Code Switch one as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And but I didn't go to that one either. So I'm really glad I stayed for activism because what I liked about her, she's so she she's a Sudanese born Australian raised woman. She's an engineer. And in Australia, she was also uh, a presenter for an ABC news program. And I mean, we, we can talk about her at length at another time. But in short, that all fell apart for her after uh, she tweeted on Anzac Day, which is like kind of the Australian Day of Remembrance, people that died in the First and Second World War. She tweeted, like, lest we forget, and then in brackets, Manus, Nauru, Syria, Palestine, dot, dot, dot. But I think it's perfectly, like, not only perfectly respectable tweet, but extremely relevant and necessary because, you know, lest we do forget. And, but you know what Australia's like? Like, they eat racism for breakfast. Comes out of their pores. <laughs> not all Australians. Hashtag not all Australians. <laughs> Is that the new hashtag? Yes. Hashtag no shade. <laughs> but like, they, 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 they were just awful. Like they were awful to her. Like they were calling for her to be removed from. Like she had a position on like the Arab Australian Council. Um, they cut her program on ABC. She was obviously hounded on social media. So, and eventually she relocated to the UK but like their loss our game Australia you're never getting her back uh, you don't deserve her so why did that stand out for you well you know it actually wasn't all of that I, I learned all of more about all of that afterwards I mean she did talk about it but it was the fact that she she basically co-founded this organization called Youth Without Borders in 2007 when she was in high school and what I really liked about her this is I can sort of I'm going to semi-quote something that she said because obviously she's lived the life of an activist for such a long time like she's a year older than us and she's already done all this stuff um and she started very young and she she said that it wasn't you know there's not this difficult template that you have this is not her words by the way i'm just kind of paraphrasing but like activism isn't i'm I'm worried about you're gonna say you're gonna end up not even being able to use this one as well (laughs) with your paraphrasing (laughs) allegedly (laughs) she said she hates australians No, but it's just to say, like, activism is just something that you... Something that you are. Yeah. Like, if you're passionate about something, d- just do something about it. It's not, you know, you don't have to sign up for, like, activism classes and then, like, get your activism training and then your certificate and then you can do activism. Like, no. Fuck, all that money I spent. <laughs> what a waste. And then apparently, like, she, she kind of recalled this conversation with her mom that she had once where she was, like, obviously, you know, going through... I don't know if it was during the time when Australia was, like trying to deport her quote-unquote obviously didn't try and deport her um oh my god i literally have to stop saying shit they tried to run her out of town 
Yeah, I've got to stop saying things that I'm not actually allowed to put on the air. Next, you gotta like tell us her ho- home address and her t- telephone number. <laughs> so it's twenty-five. Where are you going? Where are you going with this? I know I'm properly rambling. It's fine. Power through. You got this. Power through. We believe in you. She said that. Like, her mum kind of said to her at one point when she was talking about, like, her life as an activist and all, like, the different things it involves because it's time-consuming, obviously, and it's not it's not easy if you're an activist. You're kind of always an activist. You can never just, like, sit down and say, you know, fuck the world, fuck these issues, I'm done. Like, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm going to do this from 9 in the morning till 5 p.m., and then after that, I'm not an activist. And I'm sort of said to her, like, you have a choice, you know? You, you can, if you want, you can get a normal job, and you can be a normal person, you can do your 9 to 5, and that's fine, and that that's an okay choice, too. Or you can do what you're doing. And I was kind of like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what it is, essentially, and I like that, because at the end of the day, you make a choice to to be an activist i suppose but in the sense that you you yeah you make a choice to care about issues and do something about it and if you're not doing the nine to five it's probably because you're not a nine to five person it's something that you are it's not something like you wake up and do yeah it's something that's part of you sometimes you that you are you're just an activist it's like you just woke it's just something that you are you don't have to think about it you just be you just be it Yes, yes, exactly. And I, and I like that. And, and it inspired me kind of, so cliche to say that it inspired me, but it did, it kind of reminded me, I suppose, that just find the issues that you care about and do something about them. Help your local community. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Don't be overwhelmed by the thought of how can I do, how can I do this? How can I help? All these things, all these issues. Just take an issue that you care about and do something about it. You know, it can be small. It can be, there's different kinds of activism. You don't have to be out in the streets protesting. If you're an introverted person, there are in London at least really great, they're like embroidery activist groups where you basically get together and embroider messages and send them to politicians or things like or companies like big like corporations stuff like that there's a kind of activism for everybody I wish you could uh, embroider equal pay right no but that is that, that that's the kind of thing they do that's the kind of thing they do is that they get together at, they get together no I meant actually the idea of it no I mean sorry I was trying to be funny oh, I'm sorry you're making a joke <laughs> I'm always making a joke. <laughs> okay. But anyway, that was kind of my I have got one more takeaway which I promise is gonna be more concise. But <laughs> I promise I'm not I'm not gonna plagiarize. I'm not gonna paraphrase. Say anything illegal. I'm not gonna paraphrase. Gonna you're not gonna misquote. I'm not gonna misquote anyone. It's gonna be like no podcast left. Just hi, and that's it. <laughs> right, I'm struggling today. But in on the Friday at the No More Talk, there was um this woman, Dr. Shola Moshogmamibu, and she's the founder and editor of Women in Leadership and also the co-founder of Women's March. And someone asked her a question. They said, what is your advice to, like, Everyone here, we're all listening to you because um, it was like it was a very serious talk. There was also Patrice Khan Cullors at the at this talk, who's the co-founder of Black Lives Matter. So it was a very serious talk with lots of ideas and you know talk about activism, this kind of thing. And this person said, like, what do you what do you do when everyone's here and they're clapping all the time? There's all this cheering and excitement, but then people leave and then silence, nothing happens. And I kind of thought to myself. 
well, yeah, actually, that's a good point. But then Dr. Schuller replied, at the end of the day, when you leave this room, what happens next is on you. Because, like, essentially, we're all individuals and it's up to you to leave the room, take away something from it and do something about it. And I think that kind of ties into what they both were saying is that your activism is doesn't always isn't and isn't always going to be about someone else. You're not always going to have people like cr- crowds of people next to you helping you with it, doing it with you. It, but it's about you. It's about what you take away and what you do with it after you after you've learned something and after you've decided that you want to fight for something. I finally managed to say something. <laughs> you did. Um, yeah, those are very like good takeaways about this whole thing, and it ties back to what I said. It's nice, like live in there and feeling like you've learned something and you know what to do and you have not not know what to do but you have a clear idea of how you can live your life how you can make an impact how you can be an activist and what that means and yeah it's encouraging to know that it's not something you don't have to like join millions of societies or do massive things and like create protests and black lives matter and march for our lives and women's march that's you don't have to do that you just need to do little steps find what you care about just know what you care about and you're gonna you're gonna be an activist because you're just gonna live that life you know so thank god someone can summarize my thoughts <laughs> uh so yeah no that's actually it's, it's really good so I know what I care about and I try every single day, every single thing I do to to activate. <laughs> I know, there's no word for it. I've I've been having this problem. Like act active to act to activist. To activist. I don't think it's a verb. I'm just gonna put it out there. It's a noun and a verb. Cause to be an activist is to activist. It's both. Did you just Google that? I'm 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 doing this. I'm I'm putting my foot down. You can't see it, but this is a thing. To activist. <laughs> activist. Okay, so um, I activist every single day by the things uh, I do, the things I say, the things that I don't say, the people I stand up for, um, how I, I, I express my opinions, the people I help. And uh, yeah, that's what you need to do. Me being part of No Shade. This is all. This is part of. This is also being an activist. You know, this is a form of activism. This is a form of activism. And it doesn't have to be as as big as No Shade, but you can just be. If someone says something that you don't like, that you think is sexist or racist or homophobic, and you stand up for for that person or you 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 speak against it, that's a form of activism as well, because you know what you care about and. Message us, you know, if, if you are, if you're interested in activism or if you want to get involved, what, feel free to message us, talk about the issues that you're interested in. Grace is an expert at, at that. She's spoken to loads of experts. <laughs> I'm an expert at talking a lot of shit, as you would have heard for the last 40 minutes. But, um, we will, like, definitely, we're, we, we're here to listen, advise, and also, like, if you do have issues that you want us to talk about, that's your own form of activism, you know? Get us to put it out there on the, on the, into the stratosphere yeah and also if there's other like uh, conferences and festivals happening around the world that you think we should be aware of uh, that you want to invite us to let us know and we'd be more than happy to come definitely you just gotta pay for our flights and our accommodation and I fly business so oh yeah nice accommodation three stars or more (laughs) 
And uh, I don't mind flying. I don't mind flying economy. <laughs> or, or, or coach, as Americans call it. Why do they call it coach? Doesn't make sense. Americans are weird. I don't know. Is it kind of like a coach, like a bus coach? And it's like the equivalent. That's a strange land. So many questions about Americans. <laughs> Americans are so... Americans are weird. Hashtag no lot Americans. <laughs> oh, I think we have to call it a day before we insult anybody else. Do you want to hear my quote that I really love from the event? I can't remember who said it, but I think it'd be a nice way to round up. Uh, no, sorry. We've run out of time. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> okay, go on, Lola. Well, it was I thought who said it, but I wrote it down and it was from the event. So, you know, if anyone knows who said it, please like let us know. But I thought it was really great. And it was in reference to like people who belong to like marginalized groups in society. And it's like when you stand out, you have a responsibility to create, invent, and to transform. And I think that kind of links into what you guys said about activism. Like it's not necessarily about like being on the front line and have to be, but just creating and building things and you know using that to kind of transform society and just by being you oh that's beautiful i know right exactly i remember that quote i'm pretty sure i wrote it down too so we will try and find out who said it and we will put it up on instagram facebook and maybe even Twitter. <laughs> See, we, we are learning. We are not. We are not misquoting people. We, we, we've said we've admitted we don't know who said it, so we'll get back to you. Yeah, we're improving on our plagiaristic tendencies. If you don't find out who it is, I'm going to claim it for myself. <laughs> so I said this quote at Wow. <laughs> that is what I close with. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, guys, uh, it was nice chatting to you. Have a fantastic time. We'll speak to you soon. And yeah, I miss you guys and I hope to see you soon. Bye. Until next time, bitches. Bye.